it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. Today's episode is one of a five-part series going inside the team's Sweet 16 game against Dakota Wesleyan. The day started with Coach Tonigal challenging the team to pursue the game as a form of worship. Thinking of basketball as worship can seem confusing or intimidating, but Coach Tonigal then played a song for the team with lyrics saying, If everything exists to lift you high, so will I. What followed was one of the most memorable days of worship in IWU Hoops history, culminating with senior Trevor Waite calling for a team meeting that evening for the team to worship together again and to share the unique thing God did during the game. Over these five episodes, we will hear from an individual player about their experience of worship during the game in the first half. In the second half, Coach Tonigal will share his insight into the story. At IW Hoops, we believe all of life is worship and that we can pursue God first in any context or environment He puts us in. We hope this five-part series will encourage you to worship God in new and fresh ways. We're joined now by freshman Seth Maxwell, and we're talking about a point in the season in the Sweet 16 when, Seth, you had a, a game and a moment that could potentially change the course of your season where you learned about joy fueled courage. And we'll get to that in a minute, but let's rewind all the way back to the recruiting process because you were a, a player that had a lot of different recruiting options. And I remember sitting with you when you came on your visit here and we weren't sure where you were at and you committed on the spot. So take us back. What drew you to Indiana Wesleyan? So I never played for a Christian program before. All my coaches were just kind of fueled by basketball and I never really understood it. And I lacked passion for the game. Even though I enjoyed playing, I always lacked that passion of playing hard. And once I saw like how your players played for God and not for basketball or not for themselves, it really just drew me in. And I didn't know that I wanted to come right away, but I prayed about it, and God kind of put it on my heart to not go to those other places. And he just gave me such a peace in my heart about coming here. I remember how fun it was that day because we were sitting around the circle with Evan and Evan got emotional because he was thinking about playing with his brother and getting a season with you and he had no idea you were going to commit. The coaches didn't. So when you did, it was just a, a really neat moment. And then that transition into the year when, when you came in and we've talked throughout the year about different growth points and some of the struggles of adjusting. And when we turned the corner into the second semester, there was just this desire for from us as a coaching staff, from Evan, and from you to, to just take advantage of every moment with your brother while you were together. So we just started meeting on Friday mornings and, and shooting and, and sharing and praying with each other. Go, go back to those times and, and just what it did in, with you and Evan and how you guys went deeper. Um, I think sometimes with anybody, especially a friend or a brother, like it's hard to it's hard to go deep sometimes, especially when you have like insecurities or you trying to like, especially Evan as an older brother, he tries to be a leader and try to look perfect sometimes. And I think it really helped to have those intentional conversations where we can actually be real with each other. And I think that's important with 
players on the team, but especially brothers. And I learned how to do that with my dad this summer. And um, it was really important just to learn how to be intentional with those relationships. And it was fun as a coach because there was this combination of shooting. So we're doing basketball, the thing we're called to do, but then also intentionality and relationships and how these came together. So take that forward into the the night before the Sweet 16 game, because I know you and Evan ended up in a room together, just just had a conversation. Take listeners inside that moment. Um, well, because of that ability just to be comfortable with each other and like the consistency of talking to each other and the, just kind of the habit we built of just being able to talk about spiritual things together and be totally comfortable with it. Um, the night before the game, we were kind of – getting ready for bed. We weren't really planning on having a long talk or anything. And I I don't know, I could really afterwards we really talked about it and we realized the spirit was in that room in the moment like we felt it and Evan just kind of poured his heart out and he talked about why we should give everything in the game and like why we sometimes we tend to hold back energy, try to save yourself for the end of the game. But we really talked about like we're both centers. We can sub in for each other. We can use all our energy. So the kind of the thing he talked about was the tug on your jersey mentality. So we would exhaust each other, like just go out there, play really hard until you have to tug on your jersey, and then the next person would sub in and so on. And that just really inspired me for the next morning. So then it goes into the next morning, and Coach Tonigal, as we've talked about in the, the past few episodes, started the day not with the game plan but with a worship song. What was that like for you as a player? Um, since I don't resonate with basketball as much as I do with my relationship with God, it means so much that we did that first. Um, sometimes I lack passion for like thinking about the game. I'd much, like to find that passion. I need to think about my my walk with Christ and things like that. So we started off with a song, and I was able to start the morning with worship rather than starting it with thinking about something that I don't actually, something that's not actually eternal, if you think about it. Um, so I was able to just sit there, my hands open, and just kind of worship God, pray to Him. I cried a little bit, and this is the great way to start the morning. So then let's transition to the game, because uh, I remember what you said after the game was, you were filled with joy in a state of worship as you went into the game. And it led to you playing the most aggressive, intense game you've played in your entire life. And you use the phrase, joy-fueled aggression. Talk listeners into what that was like to be in that moment and, and how worship actually played into how you played in the game. Yeah. Um, I think as a kid, people always told me to be more aggressive. And I would try, but it would never work. Like, I couldn't get that intensity. <laughs> and... I don't know. People would always like. I was always sort of a soft player because I was always trying to like fuel through like anger or like getting mad at somebody, like getting upset that someone just scored on me or something. It never really worked out, and I was always struggling to find that passion. And uh, on the day of the game, I kind of just forgot about myself and forgot about my insecurities, and God could sort of just let me be free a little bit and. I was able to encourage guys and just give all my energy, even in warm-ups. Um, one of the things I was like, I'm going to get my second win before the game even starts. So I was like, <laughs> I was running really hard and, and just start shoot around and different things like that. And 
I just felt kind of overcome by joy. What was so fun watching that, and even watching it on film again, is the the passion that you played with and the intensity you played with. You were blocking stuff off the top of the glass. You were dunking on people. And we just saw you go to another level. But there is this this part of, you know, I coach post players. There's this thing where you just hear people talk about aggression and how it's always connected to anger. You should play angry. But you said that night, you're not an angry person, so it never made sense to you. So what does it look like? Let's say there's someone listening now who resonates with that. They want to be more aggressive on the court, but anger just doesn't resonate. What does it look like to be aggressive fueled out of joy? So I think it comes from um, being self-forgetful and forgetting about yourself and um, using that passion for your teammates rather than trying to get points or whatever and it ends up you end up getting more points or more blocks or different things like that when you do it for your teammates and I think that's when the motivation really came for me is when I just thought about my teammates before myself. We talked back on episode 14 about fearless and and what you're really living out here is this passage of scripture where it says perfect love drives out fear and so often we think fearless is only about being more mentally tough but really it's loving God perfectly and loving others perfectly, then all of a sudden you don't have to fear because you're not focused on yourself. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I learned is if you're trying to be fearless, you can't think about being fearless. You can't say, today I'm going to be fearless. I'm not going to have any fear in this game. But you have to actually just for, totally forget about it. You have to be in the state of worship where you're thinking about God and others first and the fear kind of just goes away because you're loving everybody and you're you're forgetting about your insecurities and you're just using all your energy you can for God. So what was it like in the locker room after? So you have this game where you go to another level and it's not based on you just trying to go to another level. You're just so focused on God. You're so focused on your teammate. Then afterwards, you just go in and celebrate with your teammates. What was that like? It, I forgot about myself again in that moment because I saw – Near the end of the game, I just saw Jonathan just worshiping. I, right after we won the game, he was on his knees on the ground, just like praying to God, thanking for, thanking him for it. And when Kyle hit that last shot in the end, like we we knew it was a God thing. Like the whole game was a God thing. Like he was working the whole time, and you could just feel it. Like I think everyone just wasn't thinking about what they were doing like we were all like when we talk about being one I think we were all one in that game and you can't win close games without being being one like that and having a sole purpose of worship so let's talk about what this means for you going forward because obviously you've said here you you enjoy the game of basketball but you're not like somewhere you're thinking about it all the time but God's called you here to play basketball it's part of who you are what does it look like as you go forward? Because since that game, we've seen another level of you in the weight room. We've seen another level of you in workouts. What does it look like going forward to be a basketball player who is aggressive, flowing from joy rather than anger? Um, I think it just starts with every day thinking about somebody else. Because I've had struggles this year, like with energy or not sure what I'm doing and when I dwelled on that, it just got worse. And I saw other people coming in encouraging me, and that helped them out. Like people like Kanan, he would come in, even though he was probably struggling with something, he came in and fed into me. So I kind of learned how to, when you 
when you really take on someone else's burdens, your burdens kind of go away, which is really cool. Last question, Seth. How about take this to rest alive? So this was a practical example of worship, not just being one hour in church, but being a lifestyle. What does it mean for you as you go into other areas of your life, whether it be in your major, in a job in the future, in a family? What do you think it looks like to live a worship-filled life? Um, I think when we think back, we think of those like big moments, but it starts with like the conversations you have with your, your brothers or your teammates. And that started so long ago. It started right when I got here. Even on my visit, I felt the the love from people. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be a conversation. Sometimes it just needs to be love and just to know that you guys have perfect love with each other and not be afraid of that because a lot of men are afraid to show their love. But on this team, we love each other. Like we hug each other. We're not ashamed of it because that's exactly what God wants us to do. And I think just to have that perfect love with everybody you have in your life, whether it's at work, Maybe you're not, you don't have to hug everybody, but just to not look at people for their faults, just to have um, an open mind and not being judgmental and building those habits of intentional relationships. And that's a really good example of why the intentionality of relationships was so important throughout the year. It was building, whether it was what you said with Canaan or the meetings you had with Evan, it was building toward this moment where God did something in your life that will hopefully set a trajectory going forward. And when we come back, Coach Donald is going to come and talk about this, specifically about joy and and what role, role joy plays in a basketball season. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one minute halftime, We want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're joined again by Coach Tonegal. And and Coach, in the first half, we heard from Seth Maxwell. And I remember in the game the energy that he had, both when he was in in the game and when he was on the bench. he only played 13 minutes, but he just had a life and a, a pop to him. And then that night when we got for the meeting, we learned that there was something more behind it. He had an experience of joy in, in warm-ups, and it, it flowed into the game. What do you remember about Seth that day? Well, Seth uh, is just a great kid. He's got a, uh, I guess, just a kind personality. He loves people. And people, he has told us this, that all his life have told him that he, he needs to be um, – more aggressive, but the way he hears that is that he needs to be mean, and he just couldn't reconcile. Well, why would I want to be mean if I'm playing with my friends? And that night, though, what he told us was that he um, played with aggression because it was the way he was expressing his gifts back to to his heavenly Father 
rather than trying to just prove himself better than somebody. And when he was able to do that, he said, I found myself in a place of worship. And I would challenge the listeners out there, where is your place of worship at work? You know, we all can identify worship at church, but where is it at work? Where is it in your hobby? When you're doing what you're gifted to do and you love, are you doing it in a way that is giving God the glory and helping other people? Or if you're using it, your gifts and abilities or your treasure, your talent, if you're using it for your own performance or for your own identity, then it's no longer worship. And Seth really gave us a new idea of what does it mean to worship and do what we love. I love how comparison plays into this because Seth had been told for years, be more aggressive, but he used that to compare himself to other people he saw as aggressive. And and that's what happens often to me when I lose my sense of calling. I start to compare myself to others and then I get way off base because I'm trying to be like them. But Seth actually found aggression by pursuing his calling of of playing with joy. So why do you think comparison is, is such a trap for so many of us as we're pursuing an identity? Well, as we've talked about, we often compare our shortcomings to somebody else's strengths, and that's just unfair. That's that's not reality. And so we, we begin to look at what we don't have. But I think we have to stop and say, God, what have you given me? Because God's given each of us gifts. We know that. That's a promise in Scripture that each of us have been given gifts according to the, the Spirit. And then those gifts have to be used for something greater than ourselves. So once we begin to say, God, how do you want to use these gifts for something other than myself? All this potential inside of us becomes unlocked. And Seth's a great example of that because he has so much potential basketball-wise. He's he's admitted that his main love and drive is not basketball. He's not waking up thinking about it. But as he pursues God first, all of a sudden he sees a new picture of who he can become. And and it's really going to shape who he becomes as a player. In his words, he wants to be a player who plays with a joy-fueled aggression. So how has worship helped unlock that for him? And what do you see as his potential if that's who the path that he takes going forward? Well, I've heard it put this way before that, you know, in the Army, you don't fight because you hate the enemy. You fight because you love your brother next to you. And there's something greater about fighting alongside of guys that you love. And that's kind of where Seth is. Um, When we talk to Seth about leadership, it's, Lead this team because you love these guys so much, not because you know we're trying to raise the platform for yourself. And Seth's a guy that's got a limited potential. Uh, we've already seen him take that step in this offseason in the way he, he's leading, the conversations he's willing to have in the dorm room, in the locker room. And I think as he does that, as he finds his greatest purpose in his spiritual leadership, I think the basketball performance will certainly follow. And it resonates with what we heard last episode from Trevor Waite. He, he started pursuing spiritual leadership and truly putting God first, and it led to another level of performance. And it reminds me of something you said several episodes ago where you said there's been times in your life where you thought just by putting others before yourself, it, it would lead you where you wanted to go. But without God in the picture, you were still missing something. So final words, speak to that person that's going to work that you just addressed. How do they put God first, and how will that then elevate them to another place? I would just simply encourage you to to bookend your days with God. So there's a lot of different ways to do that. For me, in this season of life, the last thing my eyes see before I go to bed is the Word of God, and the first thing I see in the morning is the Word of God. And this is a challenge because a lot of us want to go to our phones. We want to go maybe to make sure the emails are all checked or social media. But we have to ask, what kind of uh, trajectory is that shaping me? But instead, if the last thing I'm seeing is the Word of God, it's actually feeding me new life, and the first thing I see is new life, then I've ended and started my day with God. 
from there, I can begin to then position others to have success. So that's just one simple way I would encourage you with. On our next episode, we'll hear from freshman Jonathan Panzu about a moment of worship he had during the Dakota Wesleyan game. In the second half, Coach Tonegal will talk about his journey through the year with Jonathan, giving an example of what an IM third coach looks like as he walks alongside a player. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWooHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at IWooHoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.